This show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find the mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has just the mattress for you. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix midnight mattress because I wanted a medium firmness and I sleep on my side. I am sleeping so much better on my new mattress. Don't want to take my word for it? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire, code HELIXPARTNER20. The Democrat candidates held another debate Friday, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, who? Candidates for what? But yes, there are some Democrat presidential candidates who survived the debacle in Iowa, where the party is still counting and has now counted seven days since the Iowa caucuses, and they still don't know who won. The hours of Friday's debate were filled with eloquence and laughter because I was reading a P.G. Woodhouse novel instead of watching the debate. But those who did watch, namely Pete Buttigieg's mother and the ghost of Joseph Stalin, found the exchanges scintillating. Joe Biden said he was disappointed in whatever the Iowa outcome happened to be, but he was confident of victory at the next primary in Vermont. When told the next primary was in New Hampshire, Biden said that explained why he was standing on a dark stage all by himself. Elizabeth Warren did not speak much, but she said that was just because she was bored out of her mind. However, she did promise that she would never start a war unless she first took the advice of the young transgender multi-ethnic handicapped person whom she planned to put in charge of the Joint Chiefs of Staff because she wanted to see the comical looks on the other chiefs' faces when our country was conquered by Lithuania. Amy Klobuchar simply wept quietly, wondering why no one was paying attention to her when she was clearly the only candidate who wasn't an idiot. The frontrunners are now Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders, which explains the joke about Buttigieg's mother and the ghost of Stalin way back at the beginning of this. Sanders made his usual promise to destroy every vestige of prosperity, creativity, and freedom in the country until we stopped leading the rest of the world out of poverty. And Pete Buttigieg repeated his claim that the shape of our democracy is the issue that would affect every other issue. And he promised he would keep saying that until someone figured out what it meant. Then he promised he would stop. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-dee. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Oh, hooray, hooray. 
So last week, boy, remember last week? What a great week that was. I hope you enjoyed last week politically because, remember, nothing in politics is forever. So the Democrats will come back, uh, even though they're now just kind of like radiated, radioactive pieces of dust kind of spread out over the explosion of their own disaster. But last week, I pointed out that one big difference between the wildly successful Donald Trump and failed GOP standard bearers like Mitt Romney and John McCain, and to a lesser extent, W., was that Trump engages our corrupt left-wing news media head-on. Both Romney and McCain basked in the news media's toxic pseudo-admiration. And W held himself above the fray, which cost him in popularity. And when you lose popularity, you lose political capital. For the Democrats, the news media acts like one of those video game robots that hovers above the battle and creates a shield around the enemy. You have to destroy the robot before you can destroy the enemy. You can't just shrug the media off like a lot of conservative commentators do. They say, oh, yes, the media is left wing. What can you do? Not enough. You got to go after them. The press doesn't just lie. It creates a cloud of opinion, an atmosphere. In the case of Republican presidents, it creates an atmosphere of panic and disaster. It wearies and worries the public over every trifle. If everything a Republican says or does is a scandal, you have to sit around and parse every word and action. Was that right? Was that wrong? Well, maybe he did. That accusation is false, but you're always talking about it. That's why you had serious, intelligent people actually debating this Ukraine nonsense as if it mattered. It never mattered. <laughs> I said at the beginning it didn't matter, but you had to talk about it because the press created an atmosphere in which it seemed to matter. In a perfect world, sure, maybe Trump should have been more careful with his words when he was talking to the president of Ukraine. But in a real world where Barack Obama unleashed the IRS on his political opponents without any consequences whatsoever, the Ukraine conversation was not even a moral glitch, which is another thing the press does. The media places Republicans in a moral context while allowing Democrats to act politically. That's the trick Romney fell for when he voted to convict Trump. The press judges Republicans on whether they're acting rightly before the throne of Almighty God. It judges Democrats on whether they're acting effectively in a political situation. They're absolutely shocked when Mitch McConnell uses a perfectly legal political technique to hold up an Obama court appointment. Oh, he's being immoral. But they're absolutely delighted when Obama does dirty deals to force Obamacare down the country's throat with no Republican votes. That's effective politics. Politicians all politicians should be required and pressured to act legally and without threatening our Constitution and our freedoms. After that, policy and morality are pretty much the same thing. They're there to do a job. If they do it well, the country thrives. That's good. If they don't do it well, the country suffers. That's bad. Urged on by the press, never Trumpers have the sads because Trump is not a nice man. And you know what? He's not a nice man. But he was made necessary by the fact that the never-Trumpers never understood or confronted the power of the press. They say Trump lowered the tone of American political discourse. It's simply untrue. Democrat politicians didn't have to bring down the tone because the press brought it down for them. The press relentlessly called us racist, phobic, worse than Hitler. They created an atmosphere in which all Democrat pals had to do was smile and nod while we took it in the head. Mean Mr. Trump became necessary because conservatives stood by and let the culture demonize ordinary Americans and the American founding. They want nicer presidents. They have to take the culture back. And Trump's victorious assault on the news media has given them a great place to start. That's what they should be paying 
attention to. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Oscars. We've got to talk about the Oscars. I want to talk about them, hopefully, in a different way than most people are talking about them. But we've got to talk about them because they're part of the atmosphere. The Oscars and the movies are part of the atmosphere that I'm talking about. And we'll talk about where the Democrats stand now and what the press is waking up to because the press put the Democrats in the position that they're in. But first, let's talk about me and what great meals I had over the weekend. I had some terrific meals over the weekend, some of them at excellent restaurants, but some of them right at home with Fairway Meats. Fairways, premium beef and all-natural pork is raised by family farmers and sourced straight out of corn country and hand-cut by Fairway employees, giving you access to the highest quality meat in America. Each and every cut is done by their highly experienced team of butchers from ribs to ribeyes, pork chops and beef tenderloin. They have every style and cut your kitchen can handle. You, all you got to do is visit fairwaymeatmarkets.com, select your favorite meat products, stand by your grill, waiting patiently, and then cook them up, and it is good stuff. And this week, my listeners can get the Heartland Package, which is valued at $230 for just $99.99, plus free shipping when entering Claven at checkout. The Heartland Package includes 8.8-ounce all-natural boneless pork chops. Those are really good. 6.8-ounce USDA choice ribeye steaks, also excellent. One mouth-watering side dish, loaded potato bake, gourmet cheesy corn, or brisket baked beans, which I haven't tried yet, but sound great. That's more than 50% off the best meat in America, plus free shipping. That's fairwaymeatmarket.com, promo code Claven, and look for the Heartland package. Again, that's fairwaymeatmarket.com, promo code Claven, and look for the Heartland package, and you will know at the end of your meal that you know how to spell Claven. there are no <laughs> there are no easy That's what I was going to say. And by the way, now that you know how to spell Clavin, go on Amazon, spell Clavin, and buy, pre-order The Nightmare Feast. The Nightmare Feast is book two in the Another Kingdom trilogy. You listen to it, but you can read it. You can have it at home. The editions are absolutely beautiful. You can buy Another Kingdom, and you can pre-order The Nightmare Feast, which is out in like two to three weeks. And it would be really helpful if you do. Uh, that would move it up the Amazon yeah! ranking. Yes, definitely. That will move it up the Amazon ranking, which is incredibly helpful for me. You know, again, we have to enjoy these, this past week, as I said, because this passes. The, the press is going to come back. The Democrats are going to come back. But right now, they are in utter disarray. And the press put them there. I just want to flash back for a minute to what was happening before the impeachment, before the impeachment even began. This is cut number 23. This is just a montage of what the press was doing to Democrat politicians. So in terms of impeachment, are you taking action, working with Republicans or doing anything that would actually move that agenda forward? Do you harbor any hopes that you will find a conservative legal mind to match your desire to proceed with impeachment? I think he can be looked at and perhaps even charged with obstruction of justice. I think that you mean impeachment proceedings. I beg your pardon? You mean impeachment proceedings? Impeachment originates in the House. House leadership and the Republican Party has shown no interest in that and seems like it's the furthest thing from their mind. You think that's going to change? Are you suggesting that President Trump should face impeachment? No, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, Congressman, what is your case for impeachment? But now we're talking impeachment. Do you think this is a bridge too far? Yeah. What do you think of this impeachment possibility? What's new, more needed to prove obstruction of justice than the president fires the guy coming after him after asking to drop the case? What more do you need? Uh, is that the, impeachment is the remedy. I mean, the president can't. It's the only this. remedy. It was all bullshit. <laughs> Donald Trump pronouncing on it, it all was. And now the Democrats are suffering. And now the press is going, what happened? What happened? 
the press happened. Even the press doesn't always understand what it does, right? It just does it naturally because they're all on one side and they never talk to the rest of us. They never talk to the rest of us. They never really listen to Fox News except to attack it. They don't understand that we do hear them because they're everywhere, because they're in Hollywood, because they're the Oscars, they're the news media, they're the Academy, they're everywhere. So we hear them, but they don't know what we're talking about. And it always takes them by surprise what ordinary Americans are up to. And that's why I'm going to start. I'm going to start by talking about the Oscars because the Oscars show you what they are up to. Now, I'm going to be honest with you about the Oscars, all right? I haven't, I didn't watch the Oscars when movies mattered. I mean, now only really TV is where the best work is being done, but I never watched the Oscars. And the reason I don't watch the Oscars is because giving prizes for art is, is, doesn't mean anything. You know, what, what, hap- what it really is when you give a prize to a work of art, the establishment the artistic establishment is telling you what to pay attention to. When you have an artistic establishment that cares about the people that it's serving, namely the public, the reading public or the uh, movie-watching public or the TV-watching public, then they're helpful. They're telling you, yeah, this is something that's really good. I'm an, you know, critics watch a lot of movies. They learn a lot about movies. They know how movies work. They know how novels work and so on. When they are telling you what is good and what you maybe should look at, Frequently, they're going to hit the movie that was the best movie and that you want to see. And you go out and see it and say, wow, that really was good. Maybe I didn't think to see that until it won the Oscar. That's not true anymore. Once an art form becomes moribund, as I've said a million times, once an, an art form starts to die, it divides into uh, popular entertainment like the Marvel comics that is kind of empty of, of you know, moral content and thematic content. You know, you sit around going, but it's really about good versus evil. That's stupid. Okay, that's a stupid thing to be about. It's not about the complexity of life. It's not about eros. It's not about thanatos. It's not about life and death, sex and death, the things that people think about. It's just about people flying around punching each other. You know, that's not really an that's not really art. Although I suppose you could do it as an art, but most of the time it's not. Then you have these tiny little pictures that make intellectuals happy and that put forward what the intellectuals are thinking about, which at this point is far left woke nonsense that is essentially racism reborn uh, in the form of an intellectual theory. Look, uh, look, here's the deal. Get your words straight, Jack. <laughs> that, that, that is not interesting to us. So they're telling us what movies are good for us. They're no longer telling us what movies are, are actually good. You know, in 1930, I think it was, the book that won the uh, Pulitzer Prize was Laughing Boy by Oliver Lafarge about the struggles of the Navajo in the southwestern United States. This is when the novel was dying. The greatest novel, uh, one of the greatest American novels of all time, The Maltese Falcon, was just a mystery story that was never going to win the Pulitzer Prize because it was just a popular novel. So that's why I never I never watched the Oscars before and I don't care about them now. So Parasite won. I haven't seen Parasite. A lot of these pictures I hadn't seen with perfectly good reason. Parasite is on my desk. I should watch it. I will. Uh, I hear it's really good. Uh, I didn't see uh, Little Women because, uh, unlike Harvey Weinstein, I, I don't have a vagina. Uh, but, but, you know, Come on. The, the movies. Come on, <laughs> Just man. to watch it. So, so Ricky Gervais was tweeting the jokes he would have made and saying it was really, it's wonderful that they support diversity because they had all different colors of rich sex pests. And that is really uh, true. So, and then we got the left wing, the usual left wing nonsense. Here's a, here's a quick montage of... Um, of, this is cut five of the usual left-wing speeches that we were getting. Thank you to the Academy for this honor of honors. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here, which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it. In the end, the adults do the right thing. 
As Mindy noted, animated movies are loved everywhere. In fact, Frozen 2, or as climate change deniers call it, not Frozen 2, has been dubbed in 45 different languages, which means there are so many great versions of Elsa. For instance, Canadian Elsa is basically the same, but with healthcare. Make their families have a better life. Uh, Working people have it harder and harder these days. And we believe that things will get better when workers of the world unite. It was all... <laughs> that last, that last one. She was the producer of Obama's picture, right? The Factory, uh, quoting Karl Marx with the Communist Manifesto. Gee, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that Barack Obama has just gotten into the movie business and already his film has won an Oscar. What a talented man he must be. I mean, that must be just pure, pure talent. But the great speech, of course, was Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, uh, which was really terrific. Here's let me, there are two things I want to play of this. The first uh, is cut number six. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for a calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. What the f*** are you talking about? (laughs) It's just so good. The guy's attacking Milk. You can't have milk anymore. But you know, this is actually really important. This is a part of what happens on the left. You know, I've been I've been trying to get this across that all these things come out of theories, and a lot of these theories originate with Karl Marx. And part of what Karl Marx did, along with Sigmund Freud, is that they told you that you didn't actually have a self. Your self was a creation of systems that were designed to uphold the power structures. So Karl Marx said, if you thought like, hey, you know, I like my bourgeois life. I like going to work. I like having a wife and kids. And this is a good thing or a husband and, you know, having a home and all this stuff. If you like all that stuff, you are a victim of false consciousness created by the powers that be to keep you in your place. There's no you. It's not you liking something in the context of the uh, culture into which you were born. It's a false consciousness. And this is now developed to the point where there's no such thing as women. There's no such thing as men. Yuval Harari in his book Sapiens uh, writes that he talks about not women, but about humans possessing wombs. And he says, quote, only the myths of her society assign her unique feminine roles. But then just like Joaquin Phoenix, which is just nuts if you've ever met an actual woman that and think like, oh, yeah, it's just myths that create her feminine roles. However, just like Joaquin Phoenix, Yuval Harari talks uh, touchingly about the motherhood, the motherhood feelings of lambs and sheeps, and he's talking about cows. People who deny the humanity of human beings love animals. And I love animals. I'm not trying to attack animals. I'm not saying we couldn't treat animals a little better. I'm not saying that, that at all. But first, let's try and treat people a little better because people are more important. They do not believe that your How humanity... How dare you? <laughs> they don't believe that your humanity, your femininity exists, but they believe that the femininity and the motherhood of a cow exists. If you're as a mom and you say, oh, I want to take care of my family, that that's nothing. But if we take the milk away from a cow, wow, oh, wow, the cry of anguish. And then a lot of people, even on the right, were praising Joaquin Phoenix for this remark. Um, this is cut seven. I've been a scoundrel in my life. I've been selfish. I've been cruel at times, hard to work with and ungrateful. But so many of you in this room have given me a second chance. And I think that's when we're at our best. 
when when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, but when we help each other to grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other towards redemption. That is the best of humanity. It was all... <laughs> so people people are saying, oh, this is good. He was against cancel culture. But no. See, he wasn't against the rules of cancel culture. He's saying you shouldn't be canceled. You should be educated. You should be educated in the left's uh, principles. So in other words, if you say, for, if you believe, for instance, that homosexuality is a sin, you shouldn't be canceled. You should be educated and uplifted. And, and then you should, can be forgiven for going along with the gang. But that's exactly wrong. See, that's the atmosphere. When we see, this is how we get caught up in their atmosphere. When we start saying that that's okay, they, they should stop canceling people altogether for their opinions. They should stop canceling most people for their actions as well. I mean, I don't like people being thrown out for things they did 30 years ago. But the point is, no, no. It's like you have the right to your opinion completely, and artists have the right to their opinion. And an artist who gets up in the and uh, at the Oscars and says, "I like Donald Trump," you're not going to see that guy. You're not going to see that guy. Even guys like Ricky Gervais and Bill Burr and the people who break through, we cheer them for breaking through political correctness, but they're still not conservatives. They still think that we're terrible people. You can break any rule you want as long as you don't break that one, as long as you don't vote against them, then they don't care. And so that's what I'm talking about, this atmosphere that exists. And this is the reason Donald Trump is not lowering He's not lowering the tone of the American conversation. He's simply getting down to where the tone actually is right now. Let us talk about something even better, though. We'll talk about rockauto.com. I just love these commercials. I would do these commercials for free. No, I wouldn't. But I would almost do them for free just because I love saying rockauto.com. And you'll love it, too, because when your car needs a part, when it has something you want to give to your car, you don't want to actually get in your car and drive to the auto parts store and talk to somebody who knows just as little about auto parts as you do and has to look at a computer. You can look at a computer if you go to rockauto.com and they have everything you could possibly want. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And they have it for all different kinds of cars, old cars, new cars, whatever you need. It is there at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands and prices you prefer. You get amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and just keep saying that because it's so much fun right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and right Clavin in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you and they know you know how to spell Clavin. (laughs) So let us look at what the press has done to the Democrats by creating an atmosphere in which they thought everyone agreed with them. Right? Because that that's the thing. They thought they thought impeachment would work. You know, the old hands, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, the old, you know, creaky old people who th- who actually understand politics, they were reluctant. They were saying no, but the press was on them. When are you going to impeach? Why don't you impeach? How come you don't impeach? And the politicians were going, no, we don't think there's reason for impeachment. Why don't you impeach? Come on, come on. Why don't you impeach? Finally, you start to get in this atmosphere. You don't even know what's happening to you. You don't even know what's happening to you. So let's take a look at some of the comments that came out of the debate on Friday that, that are complete creations of the culture. They are not creations of people looking at the world and saying, ah, this is reality. I mean, that's what that's what we try to do here. That's what I try to do on this show is just kind of clear this stuff away and just say, this is 
reality. This is why, you know, when I talk about the fact that you hear tomorrow's news today, because I'm frequently right about what's going to happen next. I was right about Joe Biden being the guy who was going to take it in the neck from this uh, Ukraine thing. The minute they started talking pony soldier. <laughs> the they started talking. It's the voices in my head, folks. I, I'm sorry you have to hear them, uh, but we're all going to be schizophrenic together. You know, <clears throat> the minute they started talking about Ukraine, I thought Joe Biden is the guy who's going to suffer most because I'm trying to pay attention to reality. But when you were in that bubble, it is ve- reality is a very, very hard thing to know. So let's take a look at some of the stuff that was talked about uh, by, by our friends on the left. Uh, let's look at cut 12. Bernie. We have a racist society from top to bottom impacting health care, housing, criminal justice, education, you name it. And clearly this is an issue that must be dealt with. But in terms of criminal justice, what we have got to do is understand the system is broken, is racist. It was all... He's a a lying, horse-faced pony soldier, as far as I'm concerned. He's like, uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is is our country racist top to bottom? Is our country racist? Has he ever been to other countries? Has he ever been anywhere? It's kind of like saying... Our, our culture is adulterous top to bottom. It's, our culture has lust top to bottom. Racism is in the human soul. The, we are built, I, probably because of evo- for evolutionary reasons, we are built to want to be with our own, to look askance at other people, to look askance at the people who don't look like us. We're built like that. Where has that ever been uh, denied? Where has it ever been part of the actual culture of the country to say, no, we're not going to do that. Anybody can be American. Where else but here? Everybody else is imitating us. A little bit in Rome, toward the toward the midsection of the of Roman history that was actually going on, but really here is the first place where, where as a philosophy, we said no, just ascribe to the ideas, live in the country, support the country, uphold the constitution, you're in, you're in. And yes, in the past, not so good. It took a long time to get the Democrats to let go of things like slavery and Jim Crow. It took a long time to get those Democrats to let that stuff go, but they, find, they finally did. And now it's a country where there's a lot of goodwill toward people. So once you go down, once you have the press constantly hammering racist, 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 because they think it will help them win. That's why they're leftists. They want the left to win. If they keep demonizing us and call us racist, 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 it's only when somebody fights back. It's only when Rush Limbaugh fights back. It's only when Donald Trump fights back that suddenly the question of civility becomes important. That's the only time. And they and they trick people. They fool people. People say, oh, you know, Trump is mean. Trump is mean. And it's true he's mean. Obama didn't have to be mean. Why? Because the atmosphere that he was walking in was, ooh, Obama. There's, that was the atmosphere Obama was in. Obama was like, ooh, little pink clouds of Obama. It's wonderful. It's great. Come so, on. <laughs> so Obama, Come Obama on, could man. smile and, you know, everything was fine and everything was great. Trump has to fight. He has to fight. And we needed a guy like Trump to do the job that Trump is doing. Trump's policies, you know, are not that far right. He's not a far right uh, politician. They keep calling him an autocrat and a dictator. When? Where? What has he done? When has he ever defied the courts, for instance? When has he ever defied the law? He never. They just keep saying that he does, but he doesn't. When has he ever been racist? You know, black people, minorities are thriving in the Trump economy, and he's proud of that, and he keeps touting it because it's true, right? It's all this atmosphere of lies, and the reason he has to be, well, the reason we needed a guy who would be the way Trump is, that's the right way to put it, we needed a guy who would be the way Trump is, not nice, is because of that atmosphere 
that is constantly making you feel that you are the bad guy, that you're you're sinning against God, but they're being politically effective, and that's okay. Uh, you know, now once you go down this racist rabbit hole, Elizabeth Warren was talking about. Um, she was talking about the same thing about the. Uh, criminal justice system. Elizabeth Warren, who, Pocahontas? Yeah, Pocahontas, exactly. Play, play that. You have to own up to the facts, and it's important to own up to the facts about how race has totally permeated our criminal justice system. You know, for the exact same crime, study after study now shows that African Americans are more likely than whites to be detained, to be arrested, to be taken to trial, to be wrongfully convicted, and to receive harsher sentences. We need to rework our criminal justice system from the very front end on what we make illegal all the way through the system and how we help people come back into the community. But we cannot just say that criminal justice is the only time we want to talk about race specifically. We need to start having race conscious laws. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> race. She is a lying dog-faced pony soldier, whatever the hell that means. But what, we need race-conscious laws. You know, you can take the Democrats out of Dixie, but you can't take the Dixie out of the Democrats. They're still doing it. What a great idea. Race-conscious laws. Why didn't we ever think about that before, Mr. Wallace? Why didn't we ever think about that before? Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Once you go down that road, once you go down the, the road of nonsense, you wind up in some bad places. And that is what has happened to the Democrats. And so you have Bernie Sanders saying uh, that that pro-life people uh, are not allowed in the Democrat Party. Is there such a thing as a pro-life Democrat in your vision of the party? I think being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat. If you're asking me... If you're asking me, and, and I think I may be wrong on this, I think in the Senate, probably 95% of the Democrats are pro-choice. You have a few who are not uh, in the House, maybe even a higher percentage. So that's kind of what my view is. I think by this time in history, I think when we talk about what a Democrat is, I think being pro-choice is essentially an essential part of that. Crazy Bernie. He is one crazy dude. <laughs> I like the way Trump is just doing commentary on my show. Uh, and then once you go down that road, you get to Pete Buttigieg, cut 20. Usually we're talking about cases where, by definition, if it's late term, a parent, a family, a woman is expecting to carry a pregnancy to term and then gets devastating medical news. Something about the life or health of the mother or the fetus that creates an unthinkable decision. And in those situations, what we know is that decision will not be made any better medically or morally because it is being dictated by some government official. Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> so then, so now he's in favor of, you know, killing babies, basically the moment before birth. He's putting it in this crisis mode, but that's not the way it usually happens. That is not, in fact, what most late term abortion is. Very, very, very rare nowadays that a woman's life is threatened uh, by a pregnancy that is a very rare occurrence. So he's just talking about 
killing kids. And of course, once you, once it's all right, why shouldn't you? Once it's all right, why shouldn't you, like Peter Singer at Princeton, why shouldn't you be in favor of killing uh, infants and, and toddlers uh, who are not doing well or who are somehow uh, not what you wanted? You know, when, once you go down that road, you go, you are there. And that is the atmosphere the press has created, that it was all right to go down that road, that this was fine. You know, the, every single one of them uh, I think every single one, maybe except uh, Klobuchar, who probably is going to start to rise as people notice that she's the only one who's not crazy. They all said that uh, Trump shouldn't have killed Soleimani, shouldn't have killed him. It's not not a good idea. You know, you can't just go around assassinating political leaders you know, as, if the guy, as if the guy were like a statesman. He was a terrorist. He was a terrorist employed by a terrorist government. Of course, you can kill him. You know, but they're all in that atmosphere. So now you've got these guys who faced the State of the Union. They faced Donald Trump's State of the Union, economy doing well, military doing well. Here are some people who are succeeding. Here's some stuff that's going great. People are praying again. People have get, you know, are not being demonized for their beliefs. And that's and all they've got is these guys. And these guys were created by the press. And that press shield, that little robot video game shield has surrounded them all this time until now. And now suddenly we see them. Now suddenly they're right in front of us and there's nothing to protect them. And the shield is gone because of Donald Trump. And that's why we needed a mean, mean man like Mr. Trump. All right, listen up. This year, as you are probably well aware, this year is going to be absolutely bonkers. It's already bonkers. The Democrats keep trying one way or another to get Trump out of office. One of these days, they may actually try an election. That would be interesting. So you can stay informed on all things 2020 and get 20% off all new memberships at Daily Wire. It's 20% off all new memberships when you use the promo code DW2020. Members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro show, select bonus content, access to the mailbag, and now election insight op-eds from Ben. Plus, our new all-access tier gets you into live online Q&A discussions with me, with Ben, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, plus our site's writers and special guests. With everything going on, you can turn to us for answers, and we will give them to you, and they will be correct. And you can download the Daily Wire app, which is great, by the way. It's a member exclusive, so you can get push notifications straight to your phone. Again, that's promo code DW2020 for 20% off. Join today and stay informed on all things 2020. We'll keep talking in just a minute, but I got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Gives you a chance to go to dailywire.com and subscribe. So I've been saying for a while that I think Amy Klobuchar might start to rise a little bit in the polls because people are going to start to look around. I mean, Biden is done. I think Biden is done. I, I see this is another way you got tomorrow's news today. I told you from the start this idea that you can put off your campaign until you get to Super Tuesday and wait till you get to the South. And it doesn't matter what happens in Iowa and it doesn't matter what happens in New Hampshire. Ninety nine times out of 100, this doesn't work. It could possibly work. I'm not saying it would never work. I'm just saying ninety nine times out of 100, it's bad because Biden was running on the idea that he could not be defeated, that he would defeat Donald Trump. And now you look at him and think like, oh, yeah, he's a babbling moron. Of course he can be defeated. And Amy Klobuchar is the one person who has started to notice, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing some of this. They asked her about this after the debate. Cut 16. What about she was the only person who said, is it a problem if a socialist gets the top of the ticket? In other words, if Bernie Sanders wins, would that be a pro problem? She was the only candidate who raised her hand. And here they're questioning her about it afterwards. 
I think it was more, do you want that person to be heading up the ticket? I do not, uh, because I think we need a candidate that can bring people with her, and that means moderate Republicans, independents, people up here know what I'm talking about, people uh, that maybe stayed home in 2016, um, or people that uh, voted for Donald Trump. Um, just having left Iowa, there were 31 counties that had voted for Barack Obama and then turned around and voted for Donald Trump. So, so that's, I mean, that is something they're just, she is just beginning to notice. One of the things that happened in Iowa, wo- woefully undercovered, because it doesn't fit with the press atmosphere, it doesn't fit with the atmosphere the press was trying to create, was not a lot of people showed up in Iowa. It didn't have big turnout. It had 2016 turnout, and there's, you know, the uh, the population has risen, and they basically turned out at the level of Hillary Clinton, and it was lack of enthusiasm that killed Hillary Clinton. It was lack of enthusiasm that really did her in. So if people are not jazzed up, if they're not really, uh, you know, thinking, oh, we've got to defeat Donald Trump because this economy is great. I mean, the economy is great and I have a job and I feel safe and terrorists are being killed. But, oh, Ukraine, Ukraine, you know, if people aren't don't happen to be saying that if people don't give a rat's caboose about Ukraine, then they've got a real problem. And now they need a candidate you can actually get excited about. And young people get excited about Bernie Sanders, but old People know better. And that is the thing that some people in the press, some of the old folks in the press, you know, when they for a while they were saying that thing, okay, boomer, you know, and I would say, well, you know, it's it's mildly funny, but it's essentially part of leftism to not pay attention to the past because the past carries with it traditions, the past carries with it ideas, it carries with it some privileges that people have earned over time. And, you know, it's it's another one of the reasons I, as I've said before, that they don't like women, they don't like motherhood because motherhood carries those things as well. Some of the older people in the Democrat Party are beginning to catch on. Here is Chris Matthews, okay, talking about what would have happened if the socialists had won the Cold War. And he sounds remarkably like Billy Whittle, who was talking about the Cold War. He's saying almost the exact same thing that Bill was saying when he was here last week. I remember the Cold War. I have an attitude towards Castro. I believe if Castro and the, and, the, and the Reds had won the Cold War, there would have been executions in Central Park, and I might have been one of the ones getting executed. And certain other people would be there cheering, okay? So I have a problem with people who took the other side. Wow. <laughs> Where did we get that? Where did you guys come up with these things? So Chris Matthews is saying, yeah, you know, people got killed in the Cold War. And he starts talking about Castro. He says he cheered when Castro uh, came into office, but then Castro went communist and started killing people. You know, this is one of the things that I was discussing with Bill. We didn't have time to really get into it. But, you know, we, we have we feel better about communism than we feel about fascism. Fascism, if people walked around with a Hitler t-shirt the way they walk around with a Che Guevara t-shirt, somebody would say something to them right away. But you can walk around with a mass murderer like Che Guevara on your t-shirt and everybody thinks it's fine. Why? Well, the reason is, is because we're a Christian, uh, we're a Christian culture. We're a culture that was formed by Christianity. And there's something at the base of communism that sounds like Christianity. Take care of the poor, spread the wealth, make sure everybody's taken care of. That has a Christian ring to it. And so we don't immediately back up and say, whoa, 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 why is the government stealing my money? Whoa, how come the government gets to decide how the money I earned is spent? Doesn't that sound a little bit like slavery where I do the work and somebody else takes the money? But we don't think about it because of that Christian tinge that that is on communism. The problem is that underlying thing that I talked about before earlier in the show when we were talking about the Oscars. The problem is that underlying idea that you do not exist. That is why communism and socialism 
end up littered either with bodies or with people who have no rights. That is why, because they don't believe you exist. It is a materialist point of view. It's the point of view that your problems can be solved by having more money so that if nobody has more money than you and everybody has the same amount of money, everything is going to be fine. Everything will be terrific because that's it's a materialist point of view. You as a spirit, as a soul, as an individual do not exist in socialism. You simply don't. This is this is the reason they keep telling you, you know, your idea that you're a woman and you might have different desires than a man, different capabilities than a man, different things that you want out of life, a different vision of the way life works than a man. That's that is put upon you. That is a created thing. That's not you. That's not not your individual soul. That, that is the idea. That is the reason that socialism ends up littered with bodies. And they're just, the old hands get it. The old hands see it. And it's the young people who are just now catching on. You have the press, some of the old observers of the press, John Carl, Rahm Emanuel, David Axelrod, here they are reacting to the debate. Obviously, the candidate that he feared most early on was Joe Biden. That is not the case anymore. And I don't think there was anybody based on tonight's performance that has the Trump campaign quaking in their boots. But there were flashes of strength, flashes where people had some uh, uh, wobbly moments in answering questions. But no, well, you have to basically close your eyes, see them on a stage with uh, Trump and say, who really looked like they were going to go mano to mano, toe to toe? Because he's a vicious debater. We saw what he did with Hillary. And so that's my concern as a Democrat is we're not there yet and we got we have the ways to go. If you were Donald Trump and watching this debate, how would you feel about it? Because my guess is he would feel fine about it. I don't know that he saw stuff on that stage. I think a lot of the debates that were going on, Medicare for all being one of them, were ones that he would welcome. The absence of discussion of him trying to kill the Affordable Care Act was something he would welcome. This is this is an amazing thing. You know, I, the, the game video game I was thinking of when I was uh, talking before about the robot with the protective shield was Gears of War, which is the one I finished uh, recently, Gears of War 5, where you, you'd have these horrible monsters come at you. And the monsters would come at you and you'd shoot the monster and nothing would happen. And then you'd realize there was a little robot hovering over the monster and the robot was shining this umbrella of light down around the monster and you couldn't, your bullets couldn't pierce through that shield. So you had to aim at the robot kill the robot, and then you could kill the monster. This is what's happening. This is, these, this is the Democrat Party the press created. This is a Democrat Party that grew in the, uh, in the hothouse that the press created, where the sun was always shining and there was always enough water for leftist ideas. It was always good for leftist ideas. And the only thing is they were all talking to one another. They were all talking to themselves, each other, and they thought they could destroy us by, by basically canceling us. They wanted to cancel us. They wanted to say, everything you say is cancelable. You will lose your job if you say that men are different than women. You'll lose your job. You'll lose your ability to support your family if you come out and say that simple truth. If you have problems with homosexuality, sure, what was it, eight years ago, it was, you know, Obama could have problems with homosexuality, but nope. It turns on a dime. Once, once we've won that battle, once we won that battle, you are a demon and you will be canceled if you say it. They thought they could do that. They still think they can do it. And they don't understand. That's why they don't understand why they can't bring Trump down. And, and it's why the never Trumpers get this wrong. It's why the never Trumpers get this wrong. Because listen, I, you know, you, you've listened to me. I don't hide it. I don't like Donald Trump as a person. I don't sure I have Donald Trump in my house, but I understand that he is the guy. He is the guy we needed in this moment because they had created a world where only a bad guy would speak the truth. 
only a guy who didn't care about good manners. They made, they made good manners and leftism synonymous. They made uh, it unmannerly to say, hey, you know what? I have religious objections to this. Or, hey, you know, I, I happen to notice that maybe it's not the criminal justice. Maybe it's the fact that there's more crime in the black community than there is in the white community. Maybe that's why the cops act the way they are. All those things, all those truths couldn't be spoken. And when, when only a jerk is allowed to speak the truth, only a jerk will speak the truth. And that is the thing, that is the reason that never Trumpers and all, all conservatives should understand what Trump has accomplished. The main thing he has accomplished, the job one, job one is bringing down the robot that creates the shield, is bringing down the press, which created a world in which, as I said, the Democrat politicians didn't have to be mean because the press was mean for them. He did not lower the tone of our conversation. He simply got down in the mud where the tone already was. Let me end with a final reflection. I got to show you something that really got to me. I, you know, I don't let the press get to me too often, but this is not even from America. This is from an Australian Today show. Uh, and they found on Facebook a lady who was talking about how hard she works for her family. And this is the way they reported it. I want to take you back to the 1950s, or at least that's what I thought when I read this Brisbane mum's Facebook post. Brooke Smith shared her routine online. Here's what she said. I always make sure I don't go to bed until everyone's lunches are packed, their clothes are set out for the next day, including my husband's, and the house is clean, dishwasher is on, and a load of washing is on. I always get up early, 4.30, with my husband to make his breakfast no. and coffee. Um... Go, Brooke. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I mean, I tell you what, though, Chris. I mean, a lot of people um, online are, are saying, "Well done," uh, are praising her. Who? Who are these people? <laughs> oh, has he hypnotised her or something? Who does this stuff? Making his breakfast and then putting his clothes out of a night—is he disabled or something? Like seriously? Like, get a grip. Get off your bum and do stuff yourself. And the guy's laughing. Who are these people, he says? Who are these people? Let me just, again, let me just clear away the fog, clear away the atmosphere, and look at reality. The people who were talking just there, what do they do for a living and for whom? They spew banalities into a camera, into a television camera, for people who would fire them in a heartbeat if their ratings dropped. For people who would say, oh, you know, I hate to let you go, mate, but, you know, it, uh, your ratings dropped a point and uh, you're out of here and we're putting on uh, a game show. You know, that, that's, who, that's what they do. Here's a lady who works extremely hard, not for money, not for money. She works for the people who love her and who will be shaped by her and who will actually hold her in reverence and in their hearts forever because she gave them a life that no one else could give them. She did it. She didn't do it for money. She did it out of love and she did it for love and she did it through love. You know, when you make somebody coffee, that ain't coffee, that's love. When you make somebody dinner, when you make a home for somebody, that's, it's not a house. You know, when you're, you know, when people say, oh, a housewife, right? I, I like the term homemaker instead of housewife because when you keep a house for somebody, you make a home for somebody and that's an act of love. Materialism is at the heart of leftism. Materialism was always at the heart of leftism. It is in Marxist theory. It is there from the very beginning. And in a materialist world, you don't exist. You are a creation of a power structure. You tell me, you tell me whether you exist or not. You tell me whether your dignity comes from breaking through the power structure or from doing the things you love for the people you love and with the people you love. You tell me uh, where, where it is. If you don't want to exist, if you don't want to be free because you're not there, if you don't want to be free because you don't exist, 
then you should be voting for those. You should be voting for Bernie Sanders. But if you think maybe, maybe there is something about you that is everlasting and real and it gets its dignity from finding its way through freedom and through personal responsibility, then maybe you want to stick on the road we're on right this minute. All right. I will be back tomorrow. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. On the Matt Wall Show, we're not just discussing politics. We're talking culture, faith, family, all of the things that are really important to you. So come join the conversation.